Sunday's message was on the bread of life. And if you're gonna understand the bread of life sermon Jesus taught in John 6, you're gonna have to know some stuff about manna. And if you're gonna have to know some stuff about manna, you've gotta look into Exodus 16, which we're about to do. I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and this is Beyond the Notes. got to start a discussion of manna with, with the name. Manna is not a word that we, we, we use for anything else. It's not a common word. It's a noun that describes this supernatural bread that God put on the ground for his people Israel. It gets its name from, well, Exodus 16, 15, when the people of God, or when the people of Israel saw it, that is the manna on the ground, they said to one another, what is it? And that question, what is it in Hebrew sounds like manna. Uh, which becomes the word manna. All right, that being dealt with, what else do we see in Exodus 16? Exodus 16 is the sort of origin chapter for manna. There are other places in the Word of God where manna is referred to in, in, in passing ways, but Exodus 16, uh, Numbers 11, which we'll touch on in a moment, and then Jesus' references in John 6 are the main three passages in the Word of God that touch upon manna. Exodus 16 is the foundational one of those passages. Uh, we, we, in the first couple of verses, they set out from Elam, they being God's people, Israel, having come out of Egypt. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. And that wilderness of sin, that's just a proper place name. I've heard whole sermons talking about the wilderness of sin, but the word just doesn't mean that. It's a place name. It's no connection to those things which we do that displease God. They came to the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. So they've been out of Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea about two and a half months ago. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Now, that's phenomenal to me because they've, they've come out of, of bondage. They've come out of literal slavery in Egypt not but two and a half months ago. Uh, they've seen the, the supernatural deliverance that was the parting of the Red Sea. They are experiencing the day-by-day leadership of the, of the visible glory of God in the wilderness, and yet they find a reason to complain. Uh, here's their grumbling. Uh, and the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." Now, look, I, I, the, the word hangry is a word that came into English usage fairly recently, just the last few years. But I think this is a good example. I think the people of God are hangry, and, and I've been hangry, and I know it makes you grumpy and unreasonable. I would think in the, uh, in the light of the literal, visible presence of the glory of God leading them in the wilderness, they would, they would be a little less prone to that. But evidently, people are people. So the Lord uh, told Moses, verse 4, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And if you're familiar with the story, let this be a recap. If you're not familiar with the story, let this be, a, be a, an update and a 
challenged you to go to Exodus 16 and read all of this. Uh, every morning, when the dew dried on the ground, there would be left behind uh, a, a bread-like material. It would, it would taste pretty pleasant. It is said to have tasted like coriander and olive oil, which is not bad. Uh, so think of it as, as really good uh, bread dipped in a really good pesto or something. So it's, it's not bad stuff at all. And it was there every single day, God's uh, guidelines for gathering it. Everybody was to gather about two quarts and uh, only plan on it being for the day you gathered it. It would not keep overnight. Um, in fact, if, it, if an attempt was made to keep it overnight, uh, the Bible says it would get stinky and full of worms. Um, though miraculously, because God wanted his people to hold to the Sabbath fairly rigidly, on the sixth day of the week, prior to the seventh day of the week, which is the Sabbath, God said, on that day, gather twice as much, and I'll see to it that it keeps overnight, so you'll have the sixth and seventh day covered with what you gather on the sixth day. God kept that going for his people through 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, it ends at Joshua 5.12 is the verse that talks about the ending of the manna because at Joshua 5.12, for the first time, the people of God eat from the food of the promised land and the manna ceases. So it's, it's overtly supernatural. It's supernatural in the way that it turns up every morning, except one, one day a week it doesn't turn up. It's supernatural that no matter where they are, it, it's always there for them in the morning. It's, it's supernatural in the way that it behaves. Uh, it's, good. it's good for one day only. It's supernatural ev evidently. So what are some takeaway lessons we can learn from manna that, that become sort of the backdrop of what we've been saying on Sunday about the bread of life, what we'll be saying again this coming Sunday about the bread of life? I think there are three things that we can learn. First, we can learn about, the obviously, the provision of God. Uh, God kept his people sustained. In, in some parts of the wilderness of Sinai are, are pretty barren. And there are not obvious food supplies around. And so God saw to it that while there were many trials and tribulations associated with the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, his people starving to death was not a problem. He took care of them and he provided for them. So provision is certainly the obvious and most surface lesson we can take away from manna. But there's also some stuff to think about grace. Because remember, the, the origin of manna arises when God's people are complaining about the Egyptian food supply. They, they, they literally couch their complaint in terms of, yeah, we were, we were slaves, we were in bondage, we were under the heel of the Egyptians, but hey, at least we ate good. Um, you know, first, I, I kind of doubt that at the time. I doubt that during their Egyptian slavery, they would say to one another, wow, at least the food is good here. Uh, we tend to polish up pieces of our memory that need polishing when we're trying to make a point sometimes, at least in my experience. But in the midst of their grumbling and complaining to the God who liberated them, they uh, nonetheless receive this food. Uh, I am so glad that the living God doesn't give us what we deserve. Never, ever, ever ask the Lord to give you what you deserve. That is a horrible abyss, and you don't want 
what you deserve. And thankfully, God is gracious. And if you're his child, you are eternally going to get something you don't deserve in heaven. Um, you don't want what you deserve. And manna is a reminder of his, of his grace that even in the midst of their grumbling, and by the way, in Numbers 11, they do another round of grumbling after they've been eating manna for a while. They get, they get tired of it. They're, they're very, very human. And uh, anyway, which, by the way, leads to the third, third lesson. I'm going to talk about provision, talk about grace, and then talk about fallenness. Because in Numbers 11, it's, it's, it's some time later. Uh, Numbers 11, verse 1, And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. Uh, what they are complaining about, well, verse 4, Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic, and now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. So to be clear in Numbers 11, what they're doing now is whining about the thing God is doing for them miraculously in response to their whining. They're actually complaining about God's miraculous solution for their complaining. They're trying to <laughs> outpace the miracles of God by out-complaining them. It's a, it's a bad scene. And yet it teaches us that we, we need to learn contentment. You know, perhaps God is, is taking care of you and those you love in an ongoing way. In fact, I don't even have to say perhaps. If you have the capacity to be tuning into a podcast today, that means that to some extent, God is taking pretty good care of you. You probably have had food today. You probably have been able to pay the bill for your Wi-Fi or cell phone or whatever tool you're specifically listening to this on, which I hope means a lot of other things in your life are going well. You've got the time for this, and you're not out having to deal with some other crisis. God is taking very good care of you today, but our fallen nature will complain even as we are experiencing God's great, remarkable care for us. Let's, let's agree we ought not do that. And for every small complaint, I didn't say illegitimate complaint, but for everything that we would bring to God that is bothersome to us, let's agree together that we have far more to be thankful for. The children of God were not starving in the desert. They just weren't getting what they remembered as the diverse and interesting menu associated <laughs> with their enslavement. I think they had forgotten some stuff about being thankful. Let's not do that. Hey, I hope by now that, that listening in on this podcast has become habit for you. And I hope by now you've you've... If you are being blessed by what we're doing here on Beyond the Notes, you've told a friend about it. And I would, I would hope that many who attend McGregor and who listen to this podcast would be sharing it with their friends. We want to be a blessing. It's certainly been my joy to be with you on the show today. God bless you and take care. <laughs>